You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing well. A lot to get to on today's show. We'll let you hear a little bit of what Kalani Satake spoke to the media about yesterday. Some interesting comments from him with regards to the Coastal Carolina game. What he wants to receive from his team this week is to try to bounce back against San Diego State. Also need to talk a little bit about a new commitment to the BYU recruiting class. That of Dallin Havea out of Provo High School. I'll let you know what I think of him. A guy, actually, I have watched play football for a lot longer than most prospects. I'll explain a little bit more about that ahead on today's show. And, of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News. A big win on the road for the BYU women's basketball team we need to weigh in on as well. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Go. We'll tell you a little bit more about them later on in the podcast. And without further ado, with that rundown out of the way, let's get into it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 8th, 2020. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. A reminder for you guys, if you haven't done so already, that friendly reminder I usually use all of the time, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so that way you never miss an episode of this podcast as we talk Cougar sports, football, basketball, and everything in between every single day. It's a real easy way to stay up to date and become the smartest BYU fan you know because it will be you yourself. So make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button and join us each day. All right, kicking off today's show, let's recap a little bit of what Kalani Satake had to say to the media yesterday. And obviously the the wounds figuratively from the Coastal Carolina loss still loom large for the BYU football program. Not a lot of happy players, coaches, administrators, fans for that matter. Nobody's happy about what happened in Conway, South Carolina to come up one yard short. I think it stings a lot of people. And Kalani Satake had a very good comment, I felt like, about what the impact of the loss can be for his program and what he hopes to see from his team as they try to rebound this week against San Diego State. So we'll start there today. Here you go. Coach Satake talking about how important losses can be for teams despite just the bitterness that comes from defeat. I think losses hurt. You know, it's supposed to. You work hard and you you care so much and uh, our guys are, are very competitive um, but it's it's, it's uh, something that you can react to and you can respond to in a positive way mean you know what are you going to do next um, you lost the game and then what you know you can't uh, let it affect um, the next performance and so the, the key will be for us to to learn from this and get better just like we do on wins you know and and, and we talked about um, making a mountain out of a molehill if you lose so we don't want to do that as a coaches and and we don't do that as a team and as players so uh, we're going to work on some of the things that we can improve on that, that we feel are, are, are legit and then you know and then be be ready for the next one and I think having a game right after a loss to look forward to is, is the, the best thing for a team and you know this is this is a uh, one of those moments where uh, we wanted to play more games and we got it and, and, and now we have an opportunity to play another one and uh, I'm just really excited that we get to get, get back on the field and see these guys play again. 
there you go, Kalani Satake. And obviously, he's talking about the fact that, you know what, you learn a lot when you, when you lose games. And I... <laughs> I got an interesting note from a family member of mine. They'll go nameless because I don't think they want their name out there. But uh, sent me a message yesterday. Uh, it's extended family member. It's not immediate family, but an extended family member saying, Jake, why are we so down about BYU in this game? And the thought I had about it is because BYU is a well-established program who's had a track record of 50 years of largely good football played. There have been some ups and downs in there. The 2017 season most recently comes to mind. But in the last 50 years, BYU, for the most part, has been an above average, if not solid, football program nationally and even regionally here. Coastal Carolina, by comparison, is four years old in their FBS history. Uh, 20 years ago, they didn't even exist, I don't think. You know, no, no, they started their football program less than 20 years ago because the stories during that game were of the field where they play, Brooks Stadium, being an overseeded or uh, overgrown football field that was having wild watermelons growing on it and all kinds of stuff like that. So I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing that bugs most BYU fans, and feel free to weigh in, let me know if I'm wrong about this, but I think the, the message I got and the way I understand it is I think most BYU fans are bugged by the fact that BYU got taken down by an upstart program who doesn't have the same pedigree and the same background in terms of a stretch run, extended run at the FBS level like BYU does. In this comparison, essentially BYU is a blue blood and Coastal Carolina came in as is kind of that hotshot upstart team and beat you. And I think that's what bugs most BYU fans. If I'm wrong about that, feel free to let me know. But I do think that's kind of the the, the key or the, the heart of the matter with this loss. Obviously, losing an undefeated record, a potential New Year's Six Bowl game, I think all of that plays into it. I, I acknowledge that. But I do think the fact that this is a program, speaking of Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers, who's been playing FBS football, the highest level of college football for just four seasons, beating BYU, I think deep down, that's what bugs most BYU fans the absolute most about this loss. If I'm wrong about that, feel free to weigh in and let me know. But let's move along here and let you hear a little bit more about what Kalani Satake had to say. Obviously, Gunnar Romney uh, smacked his head really hard on the turf on that fourth uh, quarter drive, the last minute drive that BYU made down the field. Big catch. He held onto the ball, but looked very much concussed, had to be helped off the field. Well, Kalani Satake weighed in on his status going into San Diego State this week week yeah we'll have to go day to day and see if he's ready to go you know i i don't i'm not sure if he's going to be ready to play this week but we'll have to we'll have to uh, keep working with them and and we'll once we get word from the trainers the key is, is to make sure that he's he's going to be at 100 percent. and if we can get that then then you know he wasn't able to come back and so uh, we have to just be, make sure to protect him first and then we'll go from there and it'll give if he doesn't get the play it'll give some other guys a chance to play and um you know i feel like we've got a lot of good players that can step up and 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 fill that spot if we need i mean we've, we've seen it before so um we're hoping to get gunner back though that's that's the hope based on those comments there i'm going to kind of peer through the coach speak from Kalani sitake and say that my prediction is that gunner romney doesn't play this week granted i can admit when i was wrong i was told all week last week that lopini katoa there was no way he was playing he wasn't healthy san diego state was probably the best bet for him to play and all of a sudden saturday lopini katoa is out there in full uniform going through warm-ups and plays in the game 
I was wrong. I got I got had on that one. Uh, the people I talked to down at BYU, I trust. Plain and simple. I trust them because they have been right 99% of the time. I got wrong that one. But my thought is, based on what I saw from Gunnar Romney, him hitting his head on the turf as hard as he did, getting upended like he did, I'd be hard-pressed to believe that he plays this week. But wishing nothing but the best for him. Hopefully he gets healthy, and hopefully we see him back for a bowl game for BYU. And that kind of brings me to my next point. Kalani was talking with Jay Drew from the Deseret News, and Jay asked the question of him, well, what are your hopes in terms of scheduling a game for the 19th of December? Would you like to do that? And Kalani Stake had an interesting comment, may have revealed a little bit about BYU's bowl plans, or maybe what he expects from BYU's bowl plans. Here you go. Well, I think I don't. I don't know how it's going to work with um, bowl games and things like that. I, I uh, you know, I, I think we've been in the, the conversation of playing in a bowl game. Um, this one, you know, with the loss, I think it, it, it uh, kind of narrows it down a little bit more. But uh, depending on when those bowl games are at, I, I think that if there's a chance, and we would love to play another game. So it all depends on the next one. The bowl games will be played after that, and where where we're, you know. Maybe we'll have an invite by then and we could play that game. That I think that'd be fun. We, we want to get out there and play football, you know, and this this last game didn't go our way. And, and but we, we love playing the game and I think getting the guys out there and play as many as we can. And the goal is try to get 12 this this year before the bowl game. And and, uh, you know, that's still out there. I think there's still there's still an option that we would love to play football. So there you go. Kalani Satake talking about how the bowl situation may play out. And he made an interesting comment there. And I'm not sure what to make of it. He said that it could be the bowl games, which are scheduled to start on the 19th. The Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl is scheduled to be played December 19th, the same day the conference championship games are taking place. There is going to be a bowl game, unless this is changed, played before the New Year's Six and the college football playoff teams are set on December 20th. You may think that's weird, but I do think that Kalani Sitake understands that any bowl at this point is in play for BYU, even potentially a bowl game like the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. I don't think that's necessarily the one that BYU plays. I more see maybe the famous Idaho Potato Bowl uh, being a, a game, also the New Mexico Bowl. But at the rate we're going with the amount of bowl games that are dropping out, just yesterday, the L.A. Bowl, a brand new bowl game, dropped out, leaving the Pac-12, I think, with three bowl games. And that doesn't include a New Year's Six bowl game, potentially. So four slots for their teams. And who knows how many teams are really going to want to play in the bowl season. There have been a lot of programs who've been through a lot this year. How many of them may just say, you know what, we're opting our team out of the bowl season rather than individual players opting out? I think based on Kalani Satake's comments, though, the Cougars have no intention of not playing in a bowl game. They have every intention of playing as many football games as they can this year. Is there a team of consequence out there coming up on the 19th of December that BYU could face that could potentially vault them back into the national discussion? I'm not sure about that. And tonight's college football playoff uh, reveal, the rankings reveal, excuse me, will tell us a lot, I think, of where BYU's hopes really lie. I think that the college football playoff committee is going to hammer BYU for this loss against Coastal Carolina. As I said on yesterday's podcast, and I'll reiterate it here, I'd be happy to be wrong about that. I just think this playoff committee has no interest in giving any benefit of the doubt to BYU. I expect them to fall like a stone in the rankings tonight. We'll see. 
see about that. We'll react to it tomorrow. Uh, you can make sure to follow us on social media. Search out Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll bring you the latest when it comes to the podcast. But in addition, tonight, we'll be breaking down everything that happens with the college football playoff rankings. Of course, uh, BYU players and coaches scheduled to speak to the media from the defensive side of the ball. So there's plenty to talk about today. But I do think that the playoff committee rankings will tell us a lot about BYU's future bowl hopes. I think every bowl game is in the mix for BYU. I think ESPN, any game that they own and or operate, could be in play for the Cougars outside of the New Year's Six. I do think that BYU is going to really be a free agent once again when it comes to the bowl season this year. We don't know how many conferences and teams inside those conferences will opt not to play in a bowl game. We don't know how many bowl games ultimately between now and then are going to be canceled. It's very much going to be a moving uh, puzzle, a jigsaw puzzle for ESPN. And BYU is going to be happy to help them in any way, shape, for any way, shape, or form that they can. But I also do wonder how long before maybe the sport pulls the plug on the bowl season if too many other bowl games get canceled. Do I think all the bowl games are going to be canceled? No, I do not think so. But there have been enough of them canceled at this point. Eventually, it comes to a point where it's like, okay, are we really going to try and push through this? They probably will, but there maybe is a discussion out there to be had. Should they push through it? And we'll see. I just I do think BYU has every intention. If they can find an opponent for the 19th grade, if they happen to be playing in a bowl game in Frisco, Texas that day, that evening, it's scheduled for 7 o'clock Eastern time, so 5 o'clock Mountain time here along the Wasatch Front. I'm sure BYU wouldn't be uh, opposed to it. might be a little less than what they anticipated or uh, what they hoped for in terms of you beat Coastal Carolina. You're very much in the mix still for the New Year's Six, but... I think this bowl season, BYU could be anywhere and everywhere. I think they'll be open to any options available to them because it sounds like Kalani Satake and his team have no intentions of stopping playing football at least anytime soon. All right, uh, coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch up on some of the other news and notes involving Kalani Satake's media session. I also wanted to let you hear a little bit about Dax Milne and what his experience, obviously with that last second pass that came up one yard short, you can tell it's something that's going to stick with this young man, but I think he'll use it to fuel his fire even further. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, reminder for you guys to make sure that if you guys are interested in advertising to a upscale male audience that has disposable income, well, you should be advertising with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. We can guarantee you two things. You'll be in front of thousands of BYU fans every day, and we mean that sincerely. And second thing, we have the success, the track record to prove that we can be successful in advertising with you guys. We have worked with big-time companies. We're talking multi-state companies, even worked with local companies. You hear me talk about companies like our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. We've worked with Deseret First Credit Union in the past, rockauto.com. Our good friends at Built Bar, the Built Branded Companies. We can scale up or down to fit whatever your company needs. If you'd like to advertise with us, feel free to reach out anytime. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Love hearing from you guys, especially when it comes to the podcast. But would love to have you guys on the podcast as a sponsor and be part of the action. We love what we do. I love what I do. And I can guarantee you, we will do our absolute best to help you have podcast advertising success. So reach out now, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com, and we'll get you on your way to working with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. 
All right, two more pieces of audio I want you guys to hear on today's podcast that we'll get to here. And first things first, let's let you hear from Dax Milne. Of course, he comes up a yard short, and this is a young man who has given up multiple scholarship opportunities or did give up multiple scholarship opportunities, particularly at the FCS level, to walk on at his parents' alma mater, Brigham Young University, as a preferred walk-on with the hopes of earning a scholarship. From the day that Dax Milne showed up, he showed out for the Cougars. He's put on a scholarship shortly after his freshman season uh, was concluded, not began, shortly after it concluded, and he has been a mainstay in the rotation and now an absolute star for BYU as a result of what he's doing on the field. He has gone over 1,000 receiving yards this season. If Tyler Algier joins him in the 1,000-yard rushing club, it would be the first time since 2008 that BYU had a 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard receiver. Been a while since we've seen those types of numbers from individual players in a BYU uniform. But Dax, this is a young man who you can tell being stopped at the one-yard line is going to stay with him for some time. But I think it'll be the right type of fuel for him that's kind of driven him to the heights he's achieved so far in his career. We'll let you hear right now what he made of that play and what his reaction to it was. Um, Yeah, it's hard to relive. But um, the play before, we had... Uh, ran the same play that we did to the final play. It was uh, just me going across the middle. And and so the, the very last play, we thought we could do that again. Um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like I could have uh, maybe uh, been more in the end zone, try to be more across the line when I made the catch. But um, it was rough just because they were all lined up and, and, um, you know, obviously ready for it. It was the only thing we could really do. And so uh, tough, tough to be one yard short, but it is what it is. That right there is a young man who is hurting. He wanted to be the hero. He wanted to stretch that ball across the goal line. He wanted to get one more step and plant and hopefully dive across the goal line, but got dragged down short. That hurts. But you can tell there is a conviction in his voice. He wants to be better. He wants to make good on his mistake there. And it's not necessarily a mistake. It just was one more play made by the Coastal Carolina defense to drag him down short of the goal line. But you can tell it's it's sticking with him. And he wants to go out there and prove himself. He's now a Bolitnikoff Award semifinalist. That's a pretty impressive thing for a young man like that. And you know what? Let's you hear. I actually asked him about that. What was his thought on being named to the Blitnikoff semifinalist list because as a former preferred walk-on, he's looking at guys like Devontae Smith out of Alabama who's just on an absolute tear and I think who is probably the favorite to win the award, but he is up there with some of the best receivers in the entire country as a semifinalist for the award that goes to the best pass catcher in college football. Here you go. Here's Dax Milne's thoughts on being named in that elite group. It's it's an honor. I I, I was just told that um, it's pretty cool just to be um, have my name with uh, all the other great players out there. Um, uh, it's been it was it's a goal for sure, and I didn't really um, pay too much mind to it. Uh, it just kind of kind of happened. So I'm just it's it's cool to be part of. I love Dax Milne. 
plain and simple, I have got a, what I'll call a man crush on that young man. He plays football the right way. He's a hard-nosed, tough football player. I think that everything he does on the field stuns people because he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, he's not necessarily the flashiest receiver, but all he does is go out and make guys look foolish who are trying to guard him, catching big-time pass after big-time pass, scoring touchdowns, and just having the time of his life playing football. And to see him being named as a Blitnikoff Award semifinalist, that's really cool to see. And congratulations to that young man. A couple other notes for you guys that we'll get to here in a minute. Some other semifinalists for awards, including Zach Wilson and Jake to make Old Droid. They made some semifinalist lists for various awards. We'll get to those here in just a moment. One final bit I wanted to get to today was a report yesterday that came out that Jeff Grimes, and this comes from kslsports.com, saying that Jeff Grimes has interviewed for the Utah State head coaching position, the vacant position that Gary Anderson left open. I can tell you guys this much. I have talked to multiple people who have confirmed that Jeff Grimes did, in fact, interview for that job. I will get that out of the way right now. I asked Kalani Satake yesterday about those reports and what his hopes were for his assistant coaches. And you guys have probably heard some of these similar comments from Kalani over the years, especially in the past year or so as BYU's kind of risen to prominence, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Well, he has hopes that his guys, his assistant coaches, the guys on his staff, have opportunities to improve, and that includes a guy like Jeff Grimes. Here you go. Here's Coach Satake. Yeah, great, great. I mean, that, like I said, I there's a lot of these. There's even young coaches on our staff that are going to be great head coaches someday. But I'm just telling you, we got some great coaches. There's a lot of players on our team that are going to be amazing coaches when they decide to hang up their cleats. So um, I, I mentioned about the football junkie feel from our team. You have a guy, a bunch of guys that love football. They're going to want to be around it somehow, and they're going to want to coach it. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's future media members out there that are going to be on our team. You never know. I mean, I might be here answering questions from one of our players. You know what I mean? So uh, I. I just know that that our guys love sports they love competition they love football and so you know they're going to have opportunities they're going to want to be around it just like you guys are and and if, if we have guys that, that are going to be future you know head coaches and, and future coordinators and future ad's things like that i want them to pursue it and i'm going to be uh one pushing them to, to to go and get what they want i it's it you know i think when you become an assistant your thoughts are that you want to be a head coach someday and and hopefully they get that opportunity. I'm very thankful for my opportunity to be a head coach here at BYU. So I'd like to have them get those opportunities. And, you know, Lavelle, when he was a head coach, he did the same thing. I, I've seen a lot of coaches that are out there that have helped do that. And Kyle did a great job in help mentoring me when I was an assistant and a coordinator for him. You know, and, and, and I mean, I still talk to, like I said, I've got a lot of mentors that are out there that have been really helpful for, for me as a as a coach, I mean, I mentioned my mentors a couple of weeks ago, but I failed to mention one that was really pivotal in, in my me wanting to become a coach, and and that was uh, you know, look at um, my boy Lance, that was my guy. Lance Reynolds is why I wanted to become uh, a coach and and in college, and so a lot of I'm surrounded by my whole life has been surrounded by great people like that. Um, my high school coach Dale Collier and coordinator. You know, Mike Wade, all those guys have been pivotal in, in, in me wanting to become a coach. And so I hope I can uh, help promote 
these young coaches here and the other coaches on our staff to be head coaches someday. So there you go. Kalani Satake, he believes guys on his staff are destined to be head coaches at the FBS level, and that's great. I hope that BYU can become a place where guys can get their start in coaching and move on to bigger and better things. Uh, I think that there will be some roster turnover as well as coaching roster turnover is what I should say this coming offseason for BYU, whether that's guys getting hired by other programs, them opting to go find new opportunities themselves or others headhunting them. I think there's going to be some turnover just because of the success that BYU has had. Will that extend all the way up to Kalani Sitake? Wouldn't surprise me. I do think that he will get interest from multiple programs out there who see, okay, if Kalani can do what he's doing at BYU, why can't he do it for our program? It'll be tough to lure Kalani away from his alma mater. He's always kind of thought of himself as a Lavelle Edwards type where he'd come back to BYU and be the guy who leads them back to prominence. That's what he's done this year, but let's be honest. Money talks, and we'll see what happens. But I can I can report, I can confirm the report, I guess I should say, once again, that Jeff Grimes did, in fact, interview for the Utah State job. Does that mean he's going to be a finalist for the job? I don't know any of with regards to that. All I do know is that multiple sources have indicated to me and told me straight up Jeff Grimes did interview for that job and is obviously going to be a candidate for it. Whether he's a serious candidate, it was a formality, that I don't know. But it's good to see guys like Jeff Grimes getting an opportunity here close to home, and I think it'll probably extend it out as we get closer to the end of the season with more and more interest for BYU's coaching staff. And like I said, I think that could extend all the way up to a guy like Kalani Satake. All right, we'll catch up on some of the other news and notes involving BYU football, a new commit to the part of the 2021 recruiting class, women's basketball picks up a big road win in Logan, and a couple other notes about the semi finalist award watch list for BYU players. That's all ahead here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Today's show, though, is brought to you by our good friends at Built Go. Built Go is one of the new parts of the Built brand of companies, and what it aims to do is to help you break through your walls, whether they're physical, mental, or anything in between. They want to make sure that you guys can get the things done you need to. I love Built Go. It helps me break through that early afternoon malaise that seems to set in with my early morning radio responsibilities. I get to one or two o'clock in the afternoon, folks, and I'm gassed. I'm struggling, and that's when I reach for Built Go. It's a fantastic way to get that extra kick of caffeine to get you going, but also has collagen protein as well as B vitamins to give that long-lasting energy boost. This is like the five-hour energy without a crash and burn afterwards. It's the monster energy kick as well. It is the best way to get you through that wall, help you bust through it and finish out your day strong. Whether you want to use it as a pre-workout, you can do that as well. It's been a fantastic addition to most people's diets. I've talked to multiple people who have used it as a pre-workout. It's a great way to do that as well. It's healthy for you. It doesn't feel like an anvil in your stomach and it's the right blend of, like I said, of that immediate energy and the long-lasting B vitamins that give you that energy that carries you through. So check it out, guys. Go to BuiltGo.com. BuiltGo.com, once again, use the promo code LOCKED. That's L O-C-K-E-D. Get 20% off your next order of Built Go. It's a great way to save some money on Built Go. So once again, go to BuiltGo.com. Use that promo code locked on and break through those walls. Let's go with Built Go. 
All right, running out of time here on a Tuesday, but it's been a fun podcast so far. Let's do a quick rundown of the other BYU news and notes you need to know about. First things first, congratulations to Jake Oldroyd being named as a semifinalist for the 2020 Lou Groza Award Place Kicker Award, which is presented by the Orange Bowl. It is the best kicker in the country. Good to see Jake the Make getting his opportunities. Boomed multiple 50-yard field goals, and congratulations to him on that. Zach Wilson, his stellar season to this point is being richly rewarded. He's also been named as one of 16 semifinals for the 2020 Davey O'Brien Award, uh, National Quarterback Award, excuse me, as well as a semifinals for the 84th Maxwell Award as the Collegiate Player of the Year. He's had a monster season, speaking of Zach. He's done a lot of good things. Obviously, he would trade a lot of this hype, I'm sure, for a win over Coastal Carolina, but now you have to get ready for San Diego State, so we'll see how things go there. But BYU continues to clean up on the recruiting front. Yesterday, Provo High School product Dallin Havea announced his commitment to the BYU football program. He will join his older brother, Drayson, in being a BYU Cougar, both of them playing as Provo Bulldogs in high school. I'm a big fan of Dallin Havea, and I can tell you guys a little bit about him because I've actually watched him play from the time that, man... Uh, grade school, I think. Uh, my younger, my youngest brother, actually, by the way, my youngest brother went into the mission field yesterday. He did the home MTC thing, and now he's headed to the Atlanta, Georgia North Mission. So Godspeed, Elder Hatch. He won't hear this. If he does, I'll beat the crap out of him. But his uh, football playing days, a majority of them from the youth ranks were spent playing with the Havea brothers. They played on the uh, multiple youth football programs in the Orem Provo area and the Havea brothers have always been standout athletes. I have watched them from the time they were young and they were fun, fun players to watch. I'm excited to have both Drayson and now Dallin joining the BYU football program. Dallin's a guy I would expect probably to play defense for BYU. Could be a defensive end, could play linebacker. I think it'll all depend on what he decides to do after his mission and how his body develops. But he has the frame to put on plenty of weight. They list him at six foot three, 215 pounds, and he's a solid three-star prospect according to 24-7 Sports. So I'm excited to see Dallin Havea joining as the 14th commitment in BYU's 2021 recruiting class. The vast majority of those committed so far, if not all of them, will sign in that early signing period, which is a week from tomorrow. We'll be doing some previews and looking ahead to that early next week, just kind of as a long-range tease for you guys. Check that out. And the one final note I've got for you guys today is congratulations to the women's basketball program. They beat the Utah State Aggies in Logan 87-66 to move to 2-1 on the season last night. Shaley Gonzalez had another fantastic outing, a 27-point night on 11 of 17 shooting, while also adding four steals on defense. And one of the rising stars for BYU, and she's a bonafide star already, but you may not know her name, it's Lauren Gustin, had a breakout game with a career highs of 21 points and 17 rebounds, seven of those offensive rebounds, just a monster Monster outing for Lauren Gustin. Congratulations to Jeff Judkins and his team. That's a big-time road win, and BYU now officially owns the, the city of Logan in hoops for at least another year. As BYU men's basketball won Saturday up there at the Spectrum, and then Monday night, BYU women's basketball took care of business up there. So congratulations to the women's basketball program. That's good to see them get that opportunity. They're going to be back at home this coming week. Uh, Montana State Thursday at 2 p.m. That game will be broadcast on the BYU TV. 
TV app if you want to watch Shaylee Gonzalez and the rest of the Lady Cougars in action in hoops. All right, way over time on today's podcast, but a big thank you once again for supporting us as always. I hope you guys have a great day. Tomorrow's podcast will recap what we learned from the college football playoff rankings as well as some of the thoughts from the players and coaches on the defensive side of the ball as they speak to the media. How do they evaluate how they did against Coastal Carolina and now looking ahead to San Diego State? We'll let you hear all of that ahead on tomorrow's podcast. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 8th, 2020, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you.